Once they ordered, the food arrived quickly. Becky didn't seem to have much of an appetite for food or discussion. After trying several conversational gambits, schoolwork, friends, telling her about his job, trying to get her to suggest something they could do over the weekend, Chris realized he had been rolling a boulder uphill. They finished eating quietly, and it was he who flicked on the iPod when they got back in the car. Thanks, Dad, it was great, Becky said when they arrived back on Polly's driveway. It was? Becky seemed genuinely surprised that he'd challenged her like that. Her face registered something between hurt and confusion, and then flicked back to casual. Thanks a lot, Dad, she said, reaching over to pat his arm before pushing out the door. Chris watched Becky bound up the steps of the porch and enter the house. She still walked with a bounce, something she'd done from the time she was a toddler. He hadn't noticed it earlier in the evening. She disappeared behind the front door. Chris noticed that he could still feel the touch of her hand on his arm. In every other way, though, she was entirely gone for the night. How worried should I be about this? Maya said to the man Thuya had sent to brief her. It's an insect, your majesty. And this particular breed of insect exists only in genre. Yes, your majesty. And it feeds on the plants that are currently dying there, which means the insect is therefore dying itself. Yes, your majesty. Maya leaned back in her chair. Her neck was stiff. She needed a back rub. She'd welcome some good news even more. Then I suppose I should be extremely worried about this. The minister told me to express his very strong belief that there's no cause for serious alarm, that— Maya held up a hand. It is not necessary to placate me, and I have no interest in partial truths— or vague assurances. The man bowed his head slightly. Your Majesty, I am telling you everything that I know. I'm sure you are, Maya said patiently. It wasn't this man's fault. Still, another conversation with Thuya was necessary. She needed to let him know that she expected those he sent to brief her to have as much information as Thuya had himself. She knew such a conversation would ruffle the minister. However, there was absolutely no room to spare feelings in this situation. The man left a few minutes later, after one more failed attempt to ease her mind. That his intentions had been good was as obvious as the fact that he was entirely out of his depth. Still, the man seemed genuinely worried about how this news would affect her. Why were so many people so quick to equate her youth with delicacy? Maya could handle the news. She was sure that nothing would come to her as a devastating shock at this point. She was not, however, at all sure what she could do about the news, if indeed a new blight was upon them, and she cautioned herself not to jump to this conclusion. Was she equipped to address it? Was anyone? She had a few minutes, time enough to make herself a cup of Argo. The kitchen staff would of course be startled, 
and maybe even a little miffed by her appearance, as they were every time she did this. They'd never become accustomed to seeing her there preparing her own beverages, even though she'd done so nearly her entire life. Maya started down the corridor, but as she did, she found Sorbus, her personal assistant, walking toward her, carrying an ornately carved stone tray upon which he held a wooden Argo pitcher. "'Good afternoon, Your Majesty,' he said, tipping his head forward. "'I thought you might like a bit of warm brew before your next meeting.' Maya did her best to smile. She really hated being waited on. There were times when it was necessary, of course, when appearances demanded it. However, she really was entirely capable of getting her own drinks. Thank you, Sorbus. I was actually just planning to visit the kitchen myself.